Hello, and welcome to Co-OpCast, your one-stop for cooperative game news and reviews. On this week's episode, Colin and Steve will get into all the co-op news, give their thoughts on some great games, and have a short topic discussion. Welcome to Co-OpCast. This is Steve. We have a few episodes in the works, hence why this episode is going to be a little different. First off, expect a bonus episode posted sometime in the middle of a week. Why is this posting outside of our normal schedule? Well, that's because this episode will be part of a news announcement that we can't wait to share with our listeners. The other recording is of our big 50th episode, which will include all of us together in one fantastic episode, where we break down our and your top cooperative games. Lastly, I'd like to share what this week's episode is about. Earlier in the week, Colin and I joined Jason from Every Night is Game Night on a co-op-focused episode on his channel. This is a great channel and one that I personally regularly listen to. One such content on his channel that may interest our listeners is a recent top 100 co-op list he did with the Broken Meeple. Please go out to his channel and Broken Meeple's YouTube channel for the great content. The rest of this episode will be that recording with Jason, Colin, and I. I hope you enjoy! Every Night is Game Night, episode 104, Gen Con Reviews, part 4, Co-Ops. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to the Every Night is Game Night podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Yes, you heard that correct on the jump. Today, we are going to talk co-ops. And when we talk co-ops, Anthony goes away. (laughs) He has nothing to do with these. He's never played them. He might have played one or one of these. But anyway, uh, so I'm here and I needed people. I needed to get some people on the call who knew co-op. So I went and called some of my friends over at One Stop Co-op Shop. We have back on the show is Colin. Welcome back to the show, Colin. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. And uh, if you listen to the co-op cast feed, you know that Colin has paired up with one of his good friends, Steve, uh, and they put out a podcast now. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thanks, Jason. Looking forward to this. All right. So we have a bunch of co-op lovers here on the call. Uh, We are experts, right? Right, gentlemen? Absolutely. If you say so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe experts is kind of generous, but we love it. (laughs) That's basically And that's what matters, right? Exactly. Uh, we play a lot of them. Uh, we have uh, we we went to Gen Con. Uh, if you guys listen to Co-opcast, they did a co-op preview of Gen Con. These gentlemen actually went to Gen Con. They picked up a whole bunch of games there. Uh, I had to go pick them up uh, wherever I could. And you know, we just we have four of them for you right now. So we're going to go and go ahead and talk about them. The co-ops we're going to talk about today in order are Talisman Legendary Tales, Seal Team Flicks, Kitchen Rush, and The Captain is Dead Lockdown. But first, we are going to get to Liz. Uh, Liz is going to hit us with the In Liz We Trust segment. As opposed to usually, she actually told us what is going to be previewed ahead of time. It's crazy. Um, So if you know Liz, if you heard the episode 100, you'll know that Baseball Highlights 2045 is one of her favorite games. Here is the follow-up. Hey gamers, this is Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire, and I'm here to encourage your every night's game night acquisition disorder. This week, I want to talk about a project that I am personally excited about, Football Highlights 2052. Many of you know that Baseball Highlights 2045 is one of my all-time favorite games, and I am very excited that Mike Fitzgerald has designed another action-packed sports game. 
I don't even like sports that much. I just like fast and interesting card play. In Football Highlights, you'll be drafting a team and then deploying your cards as effectively as possible. Each card performs both offensive and defensive plays, meaning that you'll need to choose whether to defend yourself against the other team or try for an intense offensive drive. If you want an intense, action-packed, and tactical card game, Football Highlights 2052 might be for you. Happy gaming! All right, go ahead and check out Football Highlights, which is live at Kickstarter as we speak. Are you guys uh, Baseball Highlights, Football Highlights, uh, do you guys uh, aware of that system? Yeah, I love Baseball Highlights 2045. That's one one of my all-time favorite games. I don't know what it is about it. It's just fast and fun, and I don't know. It's the tension's there for me. I love how I can just sit down and play like a full season in like 30 minutes. What about you, Colin? Any, uh, or is that not a co-op, so you just didn't even, don't need, didn't even look at it? Actually, no, I have a playthrough of that one on the channel because uh, – Thanks to Steve, I decided to check it out, and the solo mode is actually quite fun. So I, I enjoy it, definitely not as much as Steve does, but I certainly am keeping that one in my collection. All right, that is Football Highlights. Go ahead and check that one out right now. But that is not a co-op. That's not why you're here. You're here for co-ops. That's what these gentlemen are here for. So let's talk about some co-ops. Uh, so if you go over to Colin's channel, which is One Stop Co-op Shop, uh, you'll see uh, some playthroughs of some of these, uh, including this first one we're going to talk about, which is by far, by far, the lightest one we're going to talk about today. This is Talisman Legendary Tales. Go ahead and hit us up with some knowledge, Colin. Yeah, okay, you guys, this is a great game. I... I would say you're definitely going to want to play this probably with some kids. My my two kids, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they play this one with me. I've played all five of the scenarios with them. Whoa, and whoa, 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 whoa. L- two yeah. years old? It is the, the, how much playing is a two-year-old really doing? <laughs> well, okay, so he's not making decisions, we'll be honest. But he is pulling out the chits from the bag and loves that, the little tokens. So, And then when you grab it, it's got a sword on it. He gets all excited. It's, it's great. I'm telling you, it makes the game so much fun. I, that's the reason why I'm keeping it is because my kids love it so much. But yeah, a little bit about the game. So in Talisman, the players are going to work together as a party of adventurers. And we're going to be trying to recover the five legendary talismans that have been lost. Now, it's if you've played the original Talisman games, throw that out of your mind. It's nothing like that. Totally different, okay? You're going to have five separate adventures, and then during each adventure, the party will work together to try and find one of the five talismans. You'll play them in order. You can repeat them, so there's nothing that's legacy about it, uh, but the stories will progress, so you'll want to do them at least in order, and then you can maybe play with a different group or a different set of kids if you want and start from the beginning. So it's definitely what I would call a roll and move <laughs> at the beginning of your turn. <laughs> what you would call gonna... a roll and move. It's yeah. a roll and move. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm just thinking of Monopoly. It's kind of, it's it, it, It's got that Monopoly feel where you've got one die instead of two. You'll have one die, and you can decide whether you want to move or not. After that, then you will either encounter something if something's there. Otherwise, your turn's done, and you'll move to the next person. Uh, these encounters are these little encounter tokens, and they'll have symbols on them, like swords or hats. Those are the two main symbols that you're going to see in the game. If you want to encounter whatever is in your space, what you do is you draw three tokens from your personal bag. After you do that, if you have symbols that match those encounters in your location, you defeat them. If you don't, then you don't defeat them, but they don't attack you, so you never take any damage. Okay? All you're going to do is draw from your bag, and then after you've drawn from your bag, you'll leave those tokens sitting out on the table. And 
when it's the next time for you to draw from your bag, you can make a determination on if you want to grab all of the tokens that are out of your bag, put them back into your bag and redraw, or if you want to just draw from the bag of tokens that you have left. And why that matters is because how the game progresses is through the tokens that you're drawing and from the number four on the die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you roll you like have, a billion times when yes, you're doing the you playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love number four. It's a great number, let me tell you. Um, but so what this number four does, or some of the tokens in your bag, they have a time symbol. And what that simply means is you move the time tracker one step up. And if ever that time tracker gets to the end of the track before you have found the talisman, you lose the game. But if you're able to complete the adventure before you've moved the time tracker too far then you win that specific adventure and then you can move to the next adventure so during the game the types of things that you're going to be making the decision on are when you draw from your bag you might have a token that lets you grab a token from another bag or from your own so you get to decide okay I'm pretty good at swords, so if I'm good at swords and I need one, maybe I'll grab from my bag. But maybe Steve over there has a lot of hats and I need a hat, so I can grab from his bag to help me, potentially. Uh, The other decision you'll be making is whenever you defeat one of those encounters, you get to um, grab a random token and you can put it in anybody's bag. So that's the best part for my four-year-old because he starts to connect to the oh dad's goods at hats so if dad's good at hats and this is a hat token i'm going to put that into his bag not mine so that way we're more likely to draw the hats when we draw from dad's bag it's wonderful it's like that simple first step in understanding how to co-op together which is wonderful i love it and so the four-year-old gets that the two-year-old doesn't he'll just grab it out of the bag <laughs> but that's that's kind of your decisions that you're going to have in the game and then the decision of if you want to move or not because if you don't move then you don't have to roll the die and you don't have that potential of getting the time passes on the number four um, but other than that it's just going to be a, a nice simple story with with you progressing through the adventure so yeah so, that would be talisman okay so steve have you played the original talisman I have not, but I'm very familiar with it. How, or you've watched like streaming videos of it. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> okay. a little That's weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, uh, that is not what, uh, a game I'm going to be watching streaming videos of. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so I've played plenty of Talisman in my day. Uh, uh, some friends of mine are kind of chuckling to themselves right now because they know I'm not a huge fan. Uh, if you are not aware, it's basically like Fantasy Monopoly where you're rolling and you're just kind of like going and there's billion of decisions, all sorts of crazy stuff happens to you. It takes five hours and it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but. So there's a lot of kind of IP stuff that gets that associated with Talisman. And since it's been around a long time, people have a lot of attachment to it to like, you know, crossing the river and getting turned into a frog and, you know, meeting the dragon or whatever it is. Like, why didn't they just include any of that stuff? Like, <laughs> this is called Talisman for crying out loud. But they do. So you can be turned into a frog. I didn't know that. So see, I've never watched or played. Ah. I've never watched streaming. But there are things that happen in later adventures that happen just like that you meet a dragon you can be turned into a frog i didn't understand why now i get it <laughs> now you get it oh that is the worst thing that happened because you can go one space and you can't actually do anything <laughs> oh my gosh but if you're a frog you should be able to leap spaces come no! on what is this? Close. you're a Where tiny frog a mighty <laughs> okay oh, so it does have some callbacks yeah so it does 
Um, and, and that's something that I would say actually about the overall game, something that I do really like are the, the, a lot of times the art makes a difference. And I think that's really cool. So when you're looking at the actual tiles that you're moving across, because one of the things is, is the map is not just a board. They're all little hexagon tiles that you'll put together in a different order each time you play. Now, there isn't a ton of very variety of those. I think there's only 12 or something in there, but you'll put them in different orders. Um, but a lot of times your adventure, you're going to need to find specific art on those tiles. Hmm. Okay, yeah, which like I think is kind of cool. It's 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 a way of adding in uh, a different element. All of a sudden, I was like looking specifically at the art for specific things, and I thought that was kind of cool. So that is Talisman Legendary Tales. Uh, a thumbs up from Colin. It looks very very cute. Uh, sounds like it's good for families. Um, and you know, if you're a Talisman fan, <laughs> if you have that Venn diagram of like a Talisman fan and you have very very young children, you might really really get a lot out of this. So that's pretty cool. Thank you very much, my man. Not a problem, Jason. That's why I have you on the call. That's why. That's why I put up the the co-op signal, like the bat signal. I, what What does the co-op signal look like in the like a? If it was like a bat symbol, what a, what would it be? Like a handshake. Come on. But that's like the United Way. <laughs> no, that's a good point. <laughs> Dang it! I was thinking to myself, oh, what is that? That is totally United Way. Dang it! Okay, I don't know. Uh, we got to workshop that one. Yeah, we do. <laughs> See what we come up with. All right. Uh, so this next game we're going to talk about. Uh, Khan has put together but not played. Uh, Steve is. Uh, I, I imagine, Steve, you've gotten a lot of play out of this because I know you like this like infiltration stuff, right? Oh, I love it. All right. So this is SEAL Team Flicks. Uh, this was designed by Pete Ruth and Mark Thomas, published by WizKids, our friends over at WizKids. Okay. So uh, this is a cooperative dexterity flicking game. So this is, speaking of Venn diagrams, so like in terms of the cooperative and the dexterity stuff, not a lot of overlap there. <laughs> really there's only a handful of games including a flip ships which you guys talked about i know and then you have a do you have a, a playthrough of flip ships on your channel at least i don't actually i want to because i like that one mike mm-hmm. hated it yes <laughs> mike is also on co-op cast he is not a flicking fan um this game a little bit more friendly to the flickers we'll i'll talk about that in a second um so in this game you are an elite military soldier and you have a bunch of missions that will play out in these modular zones. You'll be rescuing prisoners. You'll be capturing masterminds. And of course, because it's a flicking game, you'll be shooting lots and lots of bad guys. So there is a couple things to note about this production. And it's a very big production. It's a very heavy box. Um, a lot of cardboard. <laughs> so a lot much, of cardboard. There is it's so much. You, uh, and when you punch everything out, you might have a game's worth of cardboard punched out that you're going to throw away. It's yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> so the two aspects of the game. So the first one is the, is the cardboard 3D map, which it's a big, you know, big table size map or something like that. And then you're going to be constructing these walls, very small walls, but, you know, enough to kind of block the path of the, the little disc that you'd be flicking. Uh, and you're going to do that for six different maps. And, you know, so you have like the airport and the hotel and the, or, you know, different, a subway. One of my favorites because I'm a New Yorker. I love the subway. Uh, so did you guys spend more time putting this together than playing the game? It takes like less than an hour to play the game in the <laughs> sitting. So yeah, definitely. It took a yeah. long time to put those maps together. It's a, it's, a, it's an entire evening. I think I spent an entire evening put, uh, putting those together. Uh, mine does not fit in the box, though. Colin, you're going to have to give me the uh, secret sauce of getting all those maps to fit in the box. Push down harder. 
<laughs> Sit That's on it. That's what I'm going to say. It's like luggage. <laughs> These two are wimps, okay? All you got to do is push down a little harder. Have some elbow grease. Come on. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not going to besmirch my game. How dare you? <laughs> anyway. So you have these maps, and once you've controlled the maps, you've picked one out, uh, you are going to control your little Marine Mini. Uh, you don't flick the Mini himself, uh, so you, you don't flick the Marine. What you do is you're going to move around the board, uh, and you are going to flick the discs. And you have equipment, uh, so the equipment is going to determine what size of disc you're going to flick. Uh, so you might you know, shoot a whole bunch of little ones. You know, you have a little submachine gun, you're going to uh, or you might, you know, the, take one big one, uh, you know, the big green disc, and you might just, like, blow up a bunch of things. Uh, and so you could be flicking those discs. You could be, you know, there's bombs. So you could flick the disc into a room, and, like, it simulates, you know, explosions. It's really, really cool how it kind of works all this stuff out. Uh, and, you know, it does the good flicking stuff. Like, you know, you have to kind of calculate corners and work out your angles, and you can make bank shots and, you know, uh, kill. All of a sudden, if you make a really good shot, you can kill, like, th- two or three bad guys that are just kind of flowing out of the, the, out of the sides of the room. Uh, does a really good job. Uh, so you're going to take two actions, and usually your action is going to be move and shoot. Or if you just feel like sitting up like a turret, shoot and shoot. <laughs> uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, the enemies will fire back, but the firing back is not a, a, a disc. It's a, a dice roll. So if you're in line of sight, either at the end of your of a movement or at, at, during its own enemy phase, they're just going to roll dice, and that, that's how the game kind of fights back against you. Um then the one other piece, I mean, I can go into the whole bunch of mechanics. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. The one part that I really, really enjoyed, and we could talk about this in a second. Uh, not only do you have like the main missions, right? So you're going to go in, you're going to do whatever the mission is, but you also have these little cutscene things. So like they're these sideboards where you get to do different like sub things. So like, let's say you have to defuse a bomb. That's a, that's a sideboard and you set up, you know, whatever you have to set up on the, on the board and then you flick and to simulate kind of defusing a bomb or unlocking a door or, you know, there's somebody ha- is a hostage and you have to like flick in order to shoot the person without shooting the hostage. Like, it's really cool. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think I would have so much fun with these, but it seemed very cinematic, too. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. Uh, Steve, Steve is an infiltration gamer. He loves this stuff. Uh, so I was really eager to see what you thought of SEAL Team Flicks. Yes, I I must admit, when I first purchased the game, I had different expectations than what actually wound up being played. Like, I was expecting kind of a, a lighter, easier dexterity game, because normally when I hear dexterity, I think lighter. And this one wasn't that case for me. I know what your experience, Jason, was. But for me, I felt like my decisions really mattered. And it matters because the how the AI moves in this game is they move based upon, uh, there's like these set paths, they move based upon areas and within a given area if they see you they'll like jump into cover and i was just planning like one turn in advance or something like okay he's gonna be here i can move here that's fine no big deal but uh, that wasn't enough for me and i would get myself cornered and in trouble and i would just get mowed down so <laughs> i it wasn't good in fact i played a a, a solo campaign I lost as quickly as you can in the solo campaign. I lost all the missions right away. It was really, really bad. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about, so in terms of the tactical stuff, like, I mean, this is not, I mean, Flip Ships is just a, it's a straight up flicking game. Um, or something else, like, you know, Dungeon Fighter. Dungeon Fighter is a very, very light game. Uh, that's a game from a couple of years ago. Uh, this one, like, there's a lot of tactics involved here. I mean, 
you get you get your two moves and you're moving you don't actually get a lot of chance to move so like you you move four spaces which is small in this board and that's it like you know you just did no diagonal movement so you're only going to be able to move a little bit of a way so like you can't like kind of stick and move and run around the you know places i mean you're kind of you very often you're going to put yourself in the line of fire which i guess the game wants to encourage because they want you to flick a lot um i kind of had difficulty with that because i like games where i have a lot of tactical movement and you know this is a dudes in a map game i know it's a flicking game but it is a dudes in a map game i wanted that flexibility to have like more movement uh you know if you go to a door your movement stops it's like come on can i just bust through the door and keep moving (laughs) you know i'm a marine why is a door gonna stop me uh so i didn't think the movement was very flexible so what ended up happening was i ended up getting to these kind of like shootouts basically in the first or second room. So it's like, you know, you take your position and the, the enemies just come, 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 and you're just, you know, flicking, flicking, flicking. And, you know, that's fun. Uh, and there were some definitely, you know, some rooms are better with that than others. The rooms where I had the most fun were the rooms where I can really get into the tactical movements of it, work my angles and duck behind corners and everything. Uh, the big, there's some rooms that are like big, open, that's not, you know, that's just basically shootout territory. That wasn't as fun. Uh, but yeah, I, look at this. I'm talking about a flicking game for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about all this tactical movement. Um, for the most part, yeah, I agree with you. I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's it's not easy. Uh, I played it on easy, you know, <laughs> just to be able to get through uh, some of the missions. I did also play. I guess I got my I got uh, two thirds of the way through a campaign, something like that. Um, yeah, I I thought it was really good. Uh, I think there's bet. I think there's more that can be done. I, the movement is a little bit difficult. The uh, Steve, did you find the enemy movement and positioning a little fiddly? No, actually, I found that pretty easy to get used to. It didn't take too long. I I still have to look at the back of the the rule sheet, the rule book, but it, it's pretty clear there. Yeah, I I don't know. I I felt like it was like the sentries because there's two different types of patrols. I'm not sure why there were two. You know, the sentries have different rules, and the the, the actual pathing of uh, the the pathing patrols have different rhymes and the, and the mastermind does a different thing so it's a little bit to, kind of heady like like you were saying before I was expecting kind of a casual time and it's and it's kind of not you know because of the way you have to kind of keep track of the movement so definitely kind of walking into the different expectations of it yeah there's some interesting things that I had to learn as playing this game where so the sentries like you're saying they they're designed to guard objectives so they, they never move from their starting area they'll like go ca- find cover but that's basically it the patrols will actually come find you but like when we talk about moving to the doors i had the same issue where, where i first started playing like i romped a door then i kind of opened the door get shot and it wasn't really working out so well right. so we figured out that you can go up to the door unlock it step to the side and then open the door and shoot from an angle so you can actually like it's thematically what you're doing is like peeking open the door and like doing a little breach going on and it was actually really fun when we started figuring that out um, did you play with two players or did you play with just one? I've done both. Yeah, I I like the two way better. I, I, I don't like the one so much. The two, you get coordination. You get you can actually do that. You, one person can go up and open it. The other person can go in and shoot. If it's just one, then you're going up and you waste a lot of just you waste a lot of stuff here. Do not recommend this one. It actually says you can play with one character. I wouldn't recommend that play with two. But you know, uh, we're used to playing with two characters as co-op players, so. Yeah, no, two was great. I was uh, covering a hallway as a sniper while my buddy was going around um, breaking some locks. I was providing some covering fire, covering his, his back end. So it was it was a lot of fun. Colin, when is the playthrough of Seal Team Flicks going to go up? Well, I first have to learn it. 
<laughs> Probably sometime in October, though, as long as Steve is planning on still coming up to Minnesota, he's going to teach me. So then I'm hoping to to get a playthrough of it out at that point. All right, cool. So uh, definitely thumbs up, right? Right, Steve? Oh, yeah, I do recommend this one. Yeah, it's thumbs very, up. very right. unique. Uh, so this is a, it's a really good one. So that is SEAL Team Flicks. Uh, all right, so now we are going to jump back to Colin, who, when I said that I was going to be reviewing this game, Colin's like, yes, I've, I've played this game like 40 times. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kitchen Rush. So Kitchen Rush came out, when did, it, when did Kitchen Rush come out? Was it last year But from our tip? Yeah, I think beginning of 2017. Right, so this came out beginning of 2017, uh, but it was featured by Stronghold Games, who bought it over this year, and they featured it at Gen Con, which is why we're reviewing it now as part of our Gen Con episode. Uh, so this was designed by David Tercy, who can do no wrong with me. David Tercy has designed a lot of good games. He designed Anachrony, he designed uh, Days of Ire, and a couple of other games that I'm really interested in. All right, so this is a real-time game. Uh, so we're doing a lot of, like, kinetic, frenetic stuff over here. Oh, oh, I forgot. There, there is a real-time element of SEAL Team Flicks, too. Like, what is it? The the time bomb diffusal takes a, an hourglass. You have to, like, flick in a certain amount of time. That's correct. That one is timed. Yep. Yeah, they, how did, how'd you, good did you do in that one? No, not not so good. I'm I'm a horrible flicker. I don't know why I bought the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jason, What what is your level of flickness? Um, okay, so I know it's not talking about but I'll take it aside. So I, um, I demoed, so last year I, I was at PAX and I demoed uh, Flip Ships for Renegade. Did not like that game to begin with, but the more I demoed it, the better I got. And so by the end of it, I was like flicking like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Three ships? No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Far away? No problem. Close up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is a different style of flick, but like because I've kind of gotten a little bit of practice with it, I was actually pulling off some pretty good moves over there. I cannot do the hardest mode, though. I cannot. That is not even close to happening. I like the little casual, maybe a little bit normal, but hard mode, no thanks. Yeah, see, I just choose someone who's actually good at flicking so I can actually win these games. So <laughs> I rely on my buddy Eliza. He's actually pretty good at this game. So There you go. All right, so let's us get to... A no- actually, this game does require a little bit of dexterity as well, so the uh, Kitchen Rush. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. Um, so this is a real-time game about running a restaurant, as I was saying. Uh, you're going to be doing all the restaurant stuff. You're going to be letting customers in. You're going to be taking their orders, cooking their food, you know, seasoning the food, serving it. Um, also, some of the back-end stuff, you're going to be you know, buying more food or buying more kind of raw materials to cook the dishes, washing dishes, uh, buying upgrades. You're doing all that. Like, wow, you're actually doing all that in one game? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're doing all that stuff. Not only are you doing all that, you're doing it in real time. Uh, and the real time is where the game kind of gets, gets to be a lot of fun. Um, so each of these things that I've described are a separate space in the board. Uh, and worker placement style, you're going to be activating that space. Only the workers in this game are hourglasses. They are 30-second sand timers. So what you're going to do is you're going to put the worker, and it's going to uh, drain, or the sand's going to start to drain, and that will indicate that you're using that space. And you cannot take that worker back until the sand runs out. So you're going to be placing worker, worker, and you're watching the sand timer go, and you're going like, oh my god, I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta start, you know, take these workers out because I have other things to do, um, because you have to do a lot, you know. So I mean, there's a lot of things that are like that's that are different actions. So just to give you a sense of the game flow, so let's say a bunch of people are around the table, you're gonna have a row of customers, 
and you're going to, you know, uh, take their order. They're going to order beef stroganoff. That's an action. Uh, and then you're going to go to the pantry. The pantry is an action. You're going to get the ingredients, which for that one has to be two beef and a piece of bread. There's some delicious food, by the way. <laughs> some yes. really good uh, dishes over there. Like, you know, real, you know, what, what is it? Eggplant lasagna and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's delicious. It's not, now, you're, now you're fast food nonsense over here. Uh, anyway, so you're going to take, so that's an action to get the stuff in the pantry. And then you're going to go, the, you're going to collect this stuff and you're going to put it on your plate and your personal board. And then you're going to season it. Getting the seasonings in action. And you're going to cook it. Cooking's in action. Uh, so these are all stuff that you have to like take your, your hourglass and you have to put it on the workers every single time. Uh, and you have to do it pretty fast. You know, like as soon as that time, sand time is out, you have to like notice. And that's the game, right? That you have to be able to be efficient with your movements. You have to be observant and you have to say, okay, you can't waste time. And like, you know, cause it'll happen where you're so into doing one thing, you're looking at your hourglass. Now hourglass has been sitting there for like a minute. And you only have four minutes in a round. So you have to get all this, all the accomplished. That is a waste. So like you have to really keep track of when your workers are available so that you can take them and put them somewhere else. So, you know, then you, you know, you're going to cook the meals and then you have to cook a certain number of meals per round. And if you don't do it, you're lose (laughs) or you get some sort of penalty or whatever it is um so that's really the kind of flow of the game you know so you're gonna you know serve a bunch of meals uh hopefully you've served you you beat the round threshold and then you're gonna do that four times uh after each round you'll be able to like kind of add up your money and buy upgrades buy more plates buy more hourglasses that kind of thing after four rounds you're gonna see uh you know if you met the entire threshold for the entire game that's the basic flow of the game there's extras to it there's events if you really want to you know uh you really get good at the game um you know a lot of different little extras at all and there's also an expansion uh, called piece of cake that i haven't tried but um, we're just going over the base uh the game right now so colin uh you are a person that has played this i'm assuming you have not played this with your two and four year old no, de- this is definitely not a two and four year old <laughs> game. Although you could do it out of real time, it'd be pretty fun, right? I mean, they could match the different types of food. But yeah, no, love this game. I think the biggest reason is because as a player, you have two workers, and then you also, within the group, have at least one assistant. So when you're doing one action, you can start doing the next one with your other worker, and then if you still want to do something else and you're, both of your sand timers are being used, you can grab the assistant and do that. And so you've, you're always doing something. And I think that's what's fun about real-time games, and it really gets you that uh, with Kitchen Rush. But there are those times when all of your sand timers are going, you're just going, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, yeah. I can go. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know about you, but the oven is always full at the end of the game, okay, or at the end of the round. You know, you're just, oh, yeah, I just got to cook this one more time but everybody's in there cooking their blasted food at the same time <laughs> and so you know anyways it's great it's so much fun and i've played it with a ton of different types of people too so i've played with gamers and i played with non-gamers one group i this is the first like any game outside of monopoly that they played and they loved it and i i just think that's a great positive for a game is to be able to be used both by gamers and by non-gamers alike and they all loved it mm-hmm uh, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of real time, right, there's like you can have real time and it kind of forces coordination, but it, you, it does it in different ways. So like, you know, every game like Captain Sonar or Space Alert, that you have your set roles and your court, you're contributing whatever you got into the party. So that's a way to coordinate. And those games are fun. This game, you don't actually have set roles. You just kind of like are there and you have your personal thing and you're trying to cook meals. 
but you end up kind of specializing anyway. Like I'm next to the dishes. Yeah. So if I notice a bunch of dishes, then I'm going to be the one that does the dishes. I'm next to the money because and that'll I'll be the one that's in charge of buying upgrades. And I'll make sure that the pantry is stacked or whatever it is. So like I love that. I love that it 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 forced you to specialize. But it leaves it open to you. So the, the the specialization and the coordination happens much more organically, which is a really cool challenge, right? Uh, and then the other thing about, you know, having your powers of observation to be able to notice when your sand timer is running out. So, like, you don't want that sand timer just sitting there. And if it is, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yes, you're going to It happens lose. all the time. <laughs> you're just going to lose. I like, I, I yes, uh, I agree with Colin. I really, really like this one. I got so excited to, uh, to finally get it in and get some plays. Because uh, I'd seen it a bunch when the Atipia came, came out. I had to wait for the Stronghold Edition. Uh, so that's so, a lot of good stuff. Um, Steve, you haven't played Kitchen Rush, have you? I have not played this one. Are you a real-time person? Oh, yeah. I like real-time games, for sure. Then I th- what do you think? He's going to enjoy this? Absolutely. I'm hoping we're going to play it in October, and it's going to be a blast. Awesome. So um, some negatives. Uh, I think, Colin, I'm glad to hear that you had success with this game with non-gamers. I tried to show this game to my wife and get, okay, my wife's a cook, and she plays uh, Cooking Fever, the app on the phone, which is like ancient at this point, and, you know, everybody has has at one point had a time of, of time when they played that game for like five months or whatever. So it's all like this. I thought this was going to be right up her alley. There was a lot going on, like, you know, because you have your two workers and you have the assistant and then you have all the spaces. And it just it was very overwhelming for her. And I've also had limitations bringing it to a meetup. So I'll lay it out. and I'll start to explain it. And it takes a while to explain it. People are like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, it it just took a long. it, It just for the theme. And for, you know, the, like the cooking theme, you figure, and, you know, the art styles, everything's very inviting. I, 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 I countered that it was a little bit of a high barrier, a higher barrier than I thought it was going to be. You know, Jason, I can totally see that. I'm, I'm curious how, I mean, so what, what I did when I played it with my wife and with our two non-gamer friends is we played the whole first two rounds not in real time. We just moved the pieces around and was like, okay, when you go here, these are all the things you can be able to do. And like, oh, okay, this starts to make sense. And then in round three and round four, we brought in where you flip the timers and we had the time limit. And then they were like, okay, let's play, let's play game two. So we played game two and we played the whole thing regularly. And then all of a sudden we started going through all the different difficulties. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know if it, what helped with me was that I had the game already set up. So they didn't have to wait for me to set up because the game takes forever to set up because there's oh. all the little pieces. All the different foods, which is great, right? But it also means it takes forever to get onto the table. But once you have it up on the table, it's pretty self-explanatory if you let them maybe play it maybe a round or two not in real time. And then they can really start to understand what they're doing, why they're doing that action. I don't know. That's just an idea if, if you're trying to get it, up, get it to the table. Yeah, we actually did try that, and even then, my friends were like, "Uh, yeah, I'm good." <laughs> oh. Yeah, you just it, have bad friends, then. I mean, come on. I do. I do. I gotta get. <laughs> I gotta get better friends. I, I I yelled in the last episode about needing more co-op friends in Connecticut. Come on, please. <laughs> I'm dying over here. Um, a couple of other things. Did you knock over the hourglasses a lot? Oh yeah, like especially oh, a four player. Especially a four get, player. Oh, you get knocked over all the time. I wonder if it would have been better to have like square bases or something or like, you know, differently constructed workers, like, you know, little 
inverted pyramid type thing so it harder to knock down these things get knocked down all the time and it ruins <laughs> it's like basically like cheating because it, it pauses your timer yeah and, and actually but it makes it harder so what we always do is if you're not gonna you have to be the one to put it back up and you know so it makes you try and be more cognizant and it kind of felt like it worked with the theme where it's like you can't run into each other right you gotta be able to work around each other i always you know i'm trying to do the dishes and monica's trying to cut up the food and we got to make sure we can fit into the specific area in our own kitchen so it's like the same thing you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the last part, and we, I've been every time I play this, I I skip this part. Is the spice bag? No. <laughs> no. I do a spice cup. That's I, do I do it. I I put the cubes out. Oh, you like, just do the. Oh, okay. Because if I'm cooking, I know where my spices are. That's true. That's true. Why, what, <laughs> I don't what, have you to look it with their eyes closed. <laughs> I, I guess you're right. You're right. We I know what my paprika top. is. I know my salt and pepper is. I know the difference between salt and pepper for crying out loud. Like, I don't have hey. to like reach into a bag for it. How many times, Jason, have you been like, I have enough of that spice? And then you go in there and you go, oh, my gosh, there's none in there. I totally finished it up. I didn't realize it. So maybe it's kind of giving you that feel, right? Where you might run out and you don't even know it. I don't know. I know exactly how much spice. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't like the bag. It's easy enough to play without the bag or play with a cup or play with something else or whatever. Just have it out. Just have it Minor stuff, uh, for the most part, I think Colin and I are both on the same page. Kitchen Rush is a definite recommendation. Love it. Uh, love it for Solo. Solo works too. Uh, it's good at two. At four, it's a little bit overwhelming, like Colin was saying. But uh, I think it just at all player counts, I think it's a really, really – it's a winner. So go ahead and check that one out. Uh, now, so you've noticed that we've talked about three games that two of us have played. or I think in Colin's case, only you played Talisman, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just me. Now we're getting into a game where all three of us have played, and we all have some opinions in this one, my friends. Uh, So this one is The Captain is Dead Lockdown. Steve, I'm going to bring it back in. Tell us about The Captain is Dead. So The Captain is Dead Lockdown is episode two of this game series. I'll briefly mention what episode one means, but basically these are all standalone games, but they're trying to link these together to be like a uh, TV series, essentially. So the first Captain is Dead, you're on a starship. Think like Star Trek, for example. And fortunately, the captain died in this horrible attack on this starship. And so, as players, you are various roles of the uh, the, the starship. Could be like an engineer, could be the admiral, could be the janitor. And in that first one, you're trying to escape from the aliens. So in episode two, lockdown uh, continues that story just thematically, but you don't really have to play the first one. In that you did escape from these aliens attacking your ship, but your drives were damaged and you've been captured by the aliens and thrown into an alien prison. So lockdown is all about breaking out of this alien prison. So in this game, you are trying to repair the an alien ship to escape. And this is a, the, on the boards a layout of a prison. You've got different areas you can go to, like a, a maintenance area, a storage room. Uh, you can go to the warden's office. Uh, a mess hall, and all these locations have different uh, features that you you can unlock and access. For example, if you go to Armory, you may be able to get into a weapons locker and find some grenades. Or if you go to uh, the the uh, launch bay, you can actually access that alien ship you need to launch to win the game. What's interesting about this one is the aliens... There's a, a variety of aliens you can have. So there's uh, some infantry, some patrol sarks who walk around, and commanders, and some various different types. They all do different things. And on your turn, it's pretty simple, actually. You 
have generally four actions, but the action count can vary based upon the character you choose. So you spend all those actions, and actions could be something like moving, uh, could be like accessing these these uh, different features in in those rooms, or it could be like uh, attacking the aliens. And when you're done with the actions, all you do is you draw a card from the alert deck, and uh, and then the next person goes. And the alert deck consists of uh, level one, level two, and level three cards, and they're stacked uh, progressively, getting harder. So as the game goes on, it gets worse and worse for you trying to escape. So there's a couple of ways you can win. Like I said, you can go to Launch Bay and try to repair this alien ship to escape. Or the other way you can potentially essentially repair it is eliminating all the aliens on in the prison. And that will give you an automatic repair. But that's kind of the game where they go into a whole lot of detail. It's very, uh, very straightforward. There's not a whole lot of unique elements in this game. But I find this to be a, a great game to bring out with a lot of non-gamers and just like a, if you want a lighter game i have the first one and it's it always hits a table for me with my friends and family that's definitely the theme of this episode is uh games for non-gamers yes, <laughs> didn't for do sure. that on purpose <laughs> where's the spirit island we need the spirit island co-op <laughs> the big <Seriously>. complicated one <laughs> maybe some gloomhaven uh, come on <laughs> there you go where, yeah whereas i guess this year we haven't had like a big complicated co-op have we yet yeah no we haven't not really Gotta get one. Yeah. Anyway, so Captain is Dead Lockdown is not that. <laughs> I mean, it's a pure co-op. Like, if you've played Pandemic, you've played this game, really. I mean, this game has a skin of, you know, has the cool Star Trek-y type skin. Uh, what really stands out about both the Captain is Dead and this one is the fact that the ship is has a lot of pieces to interact with. So in Pandemic, you're not interacting with Riyadh. You're not re- interacting with Beijing. It doesn't do anything. It's just there. And you're interacting with your cards. In this game, you go to the different spaces, like um, Z was saying, like, you know, the garage or the control center or whatever. And they all do a thing. So, and they break. So in this game, breaking kind of is, you know, you get shot out by the aliens. It's basically the same thing. So you have to, like, you know, play cards, you know, to unlock it and be able to do stuff with it. Uh, That's what you're here for. Like, that's, you're here for that uh, board character interaction you're here to explore ways in which you can kind of make that happen and also you know gun down some aliens which is pretty satisfying in of itself um i know you really like this game steve uh so i'll give you a little bit of room to kind of talk about why this game in particular sings with you yeah so I'll, the main reason why i like it is because it's just very it's very straightforward it's easy for people to jump in I have a lot of fun with the different character combinations, so there's a ton of different roles in this game. And so it's interesting trying to figure out what type of strategies you can try and employ with the different character combination of characters. Um, some may be better than others in certain situations. And the aliens do different things, which makes it quite fun and interesting. But, um, yeah, I just it's just a real simple, easy game that's, that's wanted to be quite fun with, the, uh, with all my family and friends. Steve forgot to mention one other thing, and that is he loves stealth games, and this has a little bit of an element of stealth because you're trying to slip around where the aliens are too. So I think a part of the enjoyment is that stealth feel. If you like the stealth games like Burgle Brothers, you might like this game because you do get that feel of you're trying to avoid the aliens or you try and blow them up because that's fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit of Metal Gear Solid-ish game. There's a, I, I think Seal Team Flicks actually gives you a lot more of that feeling of like you know that infiltration and you know taking enemies out one one at a time, all that kind of stuff. Agreed. 
Uh, man, I really wanted to like this game. <laughs> I really did. I do like the infiltration as well. I, I mean, I, Captain is Dead was, you know, a cool game I still had in my collection. This game, okay, so I just had a really... Like you mentioned before, the two victory conditions, right? And that's unique among co-ops. Usually there's only like one way to win. Uh, and I think that was a criticism of the previous game. There was only one way to win that game. And it was kind of boring. You went to one room. You discarded the same card every single time. And you fixed the drive and you went. Here it's kind of the same thing. But they also give you this alternate condition of wiping out all the aliens. I was like, I played the game just three straight times. And I just won handily all three, all three times. Uh, it. You know, I had different layouts. I had different characters. There's a million characters, like you said. Uh, and it just became really easy to do a certain thing, to blow up a whole room of aliens, or to arrange one of the teleporter things. So the teleporter, you, like, they basically teleport on top of a bomb. There's, like, a med bot that you can do. Then you make him, and he like, kills whatever alien, trans- <laughs> like, shows up there. So you set that up. It's like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you just die. And at the... I, all the entire time like you know there's different roles but like i'm doing the same things with the roles because i'm just like committing murder all over the place (laughs) and you know like the murder kind of breaks your stealth but then there's items upgrades you can get so that it doesn't break your stealth to kill so many aliens once you get those then you just kind of go to town and i don't know like i mean yes you can make it harder but i don't want to have to make a game harder especially a co-op i want that challenge i want to get kind of beat up a little bit like seal team flicks will beat you up a little bit can't K- K- kitchen rush will beat you up a little bit you have to get good at it yeah it, that's inviting this game just kind of like fell over <laughs> i mean i don't know man I, I i like you know maybe i just had like a magical combination of stuff happen but i you know, I tried it three times and you know solo and in groups and everything like the, the three times in solo and then i played it in group and the group we, we ended up winning as well it's a lot of winning and winning is that that often is kind of boring <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think you have a valid criticism going on there a bit where if you are trying to limit all the aliens, once the board's clear of aliens, you immediately add a few to the board, essentially, and then it's kind of easy to try to stay on top of that if you can. Um, But in my experiences, that does work, but only for a limited amount of time. And then at some point, something happens where the strategy I built up to maintain that control of the board just falls apart. And then I have to figure out a new method or strategy to work. In fact, this kind of happened at Gen Con. I was playing this with uh, Colin and his friend Timothy, where we were playing this game. And I had to step away from the game for a few minutes to run to the uh, the event hall. And when I left the game, they were we were doing a real good job. Everything's in control. And I came back, and it was, I don't know, it was gone for me like five minutes or something like that. And it, it just... You guys, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, we had it 20 aliens on the board. It was bad. It was bad. We got annihilated in that play, too. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, so when you get on top of the aliens, like, you end up doing weird stuff with your characters. So, like, I'm a scientist. Why is a scientist going and, like, murdering aliens in the different rooms? Like, it, it just kind of created some off stuff like when you don't you don't generally do that in pandemic like in pandemic you might have a turn or two where the scientist has to go clear a bunch of cubes or uh you know like so you go off roll which is cool um but like that as a strategy to win you're gonna lose (laughs) if you do that in pandemic too often here it just kind of like i was able to kind of execute the win off of those off of that kind of movement i just didn't i didn't enjoy that part i don't know like i and the stealth the, uh, there was an upgrade to kind of take the stealth option off the table. So, you know, like, you know, killing aliens did not cost you uh, concealment or whatever it is. 
So, okay, this is stealth game until <laughs> until it's not <laughs> kind of thing. I don't know. It, it just it fell flat for me. I just didn't, you know, I kind of moved on from it. But, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you, had, you guys had a good time with it. Yeah, I would say, Jason, if I were in your position, the next time I played it, I would try and not win that way and see if I still enjoyed it. But I see what you're saying. You don't want to have to try something different to right. enjoy a game. I mean, it totally yeah. makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't want to go in one hand time behind my back. I, if yeah. I'm going to get go out a game, I just want to be like, okay, I got it's my best versus your best. Let's do it. And, you know, if your game beats me, the game beats me. So, like, you know, I love game at Cold Stories. That game will beat me up. Uh, or, you know, these a lot of these other co-ops, like the the more difficult ones. I don't like losing every single time, but, like, you know, like, give me some challenge. And I just didn't feel the challenge. And, I, you know, and, like, there's some games that are not as challenging, but you could still enjoy them. I just I felt like, you know, if it's not going to be challenging, this game is kind of a very pandemic-ish. And I have a lot of that in my life. You know, I have a whole shelf. You guys can't see, but I have a whole shelf full of Pandemic, and there's more to come because Pandemic Rise of Rome is coming. You know yes. I'm getting that first first day. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> so I it, it just didn't offer enough to separate itself from the pack and not a lot of challenge. I don't want to talk too much about it because I know Stevie had a really good time with it. You know, the people do have a good time with the Captain's Lockdown. I just can only speak for myself, and, you know, it's was kind of a disappointment for me. All right, that was four co-op adventures. Uh, we are getting a little bit long over here because we love talking about games. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> now nah, we do it. This is why I come. This is why I invite you on, Colin. Your enthusiasm is just crazy. Well, you better believe it. I love games. Come on, <laughs> yeah, we're playing games. Yeah, look <laughs> what we're talking about over here. How could you not be enthusiastic? Just don't uh, trust Colin when he says he wants to talk for thirty minutes only because that doesn't work out <laughs> <in> our experiences. <laughs> I know, we're just going to do a short podcast. Uh-huh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> anyway, so that's for co-ops. Thank you guys so much for filling in. Uh, it would be a, kind of a boring podcast if I just sat here talking about myself. So thank you guys for stepping up and helping me out. Our pleasure. Thanks, Jason. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, so plug some stuff. Uh, tell us where you, we can reach you and you know where we can see your content. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, so if you guys are looking for any playthroughs of co-ops, uh, that's pretty much what i do co-ops and solo games you can check me out at one stop co-op shop you can also send me an email at one stop co-op shop at gmail.com uh, we also have our podcast at uh, uh, co-op cast you can find that on soundcloud you can find that on google play on itunes all of that jazz we also have a slack community you can join you can email us at mvp board games at gmail.com or the one stop gmail account that colin mentioned and we'll get you invited that community is really fun. I like to drop in there and talk some smack to you guys. Oh, there's so, lots uh, of smack talk between the Lord of the Rings LCG and Arkham LCG debate coming up. And the uh, the top ten list we recently talked about. I know Jason's been having uh, quite fun on that chat. So You guys are insane. I know. No <laughs> pandemic. No pandemic at all. It's kind of insane for Jason. I get it. They, they did a list of co-ops. No regular pandemic, no time stories, no Hanabi, no Eldritch Horror. Are you kidding me? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Those ones are old. They're fun, but we're looking at new and fun ones that you want to go and get now, right? Everybody Lord has of the Rings ones. is 2011. Well, yeah, but you got to have some of the good classics. 
You guys had V Commandos. Who play? Who's played V Commandos? Are you serious? Oh. Anyway, go over to One Stop Co-op Shop. Go over to uh, all the stuff they're talking about with the co-op cast and everything uh, to check that out. They're going to have the top 10 coming soon. And hopefully I have a little bit of a rebuttal because I got some stuff to say about their little process over there. But anyway, uh, so you can reach me over at ENJ underscore podcast on the Twitter. Uh, you can also check out our Facebook group, which is Every Night is Game Night. Uh, Board Game Geek, we got a geek list going. We got all sorts of channels so you can get in touch with me. Uh, talk about co-ops. Next week, you are going to get Anthony. Anthony is going to be in all of his glory because we are talking all Euros. I will be in the corner. I'll be on the call, but... I'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. Is that me? Sorry about that. <laughs> Didn't you fall asleep during Founders of Gloomhaven at Gen Con? We don't want to talk about that. Let's move on to another topic. <laughs> <laughs> That might have happened. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of good time. Um, I'm going to sign off right now. As Anthony would say, go ahead and grab a game off of that shelf, and let's make every night a game night. Uh, hold on a sec. I'm in the basement over here, and whenever my wife flushes the toilet, it's not a good, not a good scene. <laughs> that that just gave me a really bad picture in my mind of like poop flying everywhere. <laughs> Even though it's not what you're talking about, it's not. Yeah. It is not. It's a water pipe. Get it's your mind out of the gutter, literally. <laughs> I totally get it though, but I'm just a scene in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she flushed the dang toilet again. <laughs> Doesn't get she know the Why do we even have it? I don't understand. <laughs> Why does it just go outside? Okay, that's what weeds are for. <laughs> We also have a Slack channel if you want to join in into uh, let me start over. Oh my god, I cannot talk anymore right now. Okay. We I also think have... turn to a pumpkin, it's eleven o'clock. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm rocking. It's only 10 here. What's your guys' problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>